Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. A lot of people really enjoyed our conversation with Peter Shrivers a while back about his new book, Bad Data, Why We Measure the Wrong Things and Often Miss the Metrics That Matter. It's a long title, but a lot of people really enjoyed the context behind it. And so I wanted to bring him back on as he's penned an, uh, uh, an editorial in the Globe and Mail. And it says, in Alberta's budget, the metrics matter just as much as the numbers themselves. That has been a focal point of this budget is, hey, we need to be looking at the dollars and cents. Well, Peter joins us now in the program. And one of the things I took away from this, Peter, was that we have to be careful about what we are trying to measure uh, when it comes to the budget. No, exactly. We have to we have to really think about what we're measuring and especially how people and how organizations are going to react to those measurements and how they're going to try to make those metrics work. Because sometimes it's going to be in very unintended ways. Now, let's let's focus in on a couple of big issues that took center stage over the weekend, for example, in health and education. Let's start with health. Um, outcomes is an interesting one, and, and the metrics and measurements are interesting because we're measuring dollars we spend versus the overall health of the province, or are we, I guess? Yeah, this is the, the kind of big debate, and, and something that's really missing from the debate about healthcare right now is there's a lot of focus on the cost of primary health care. Um, and this is why you have this, you know, conflict between Health Minister Tyler Shandro and like, the Alberta, Alberta Medical Association and, and primary health physicians over, you know, how much those services are costing. Um, and in a way, the AMA and, and doctors have a point in the sense that, you know, even if you spend more money on primary care, that can save you in the long run because that reduces costs for hospitalizations, it reduces costs for specialists down the line or emergency room visits, and that's not part of that equation. And so sometimes you have these situations where primary health may look more expensive, but it actually is saving the province overall in terms of health care. And if you don't really consider that, you can end up costing yourself more than you thought in the, in the first place. Is that one of the things maybe missing in that whole conversation is the proactive health aspect of it? Yeah, you might spend a little bit more upfront on some of the things that uh, you need to kind of implement a system like that, but it, you fail to take into consideration that, hey, maybe you're not going to have to spend as much money 20 years down the road, say. No, exactly. And, and that's the point a lot of physicians are making is saying this is going to save us in the long term. And it's actually, it's good that doctors are spending time with patients who have complex health needs because it's going to be able to address those those health issues early rather than late. And it's really interesting. There's actually two clinics in Alberta that are paid slightly differently than the rest of primary health uh, in the province, and that's the Tabor Clinic and something called the Crowfoot Village Family Practice here in, in Calgary. Mm-hmm. And they get paid, rather than every time a doctor sees a patient they get paid, they just get a set fee per patient per year. And so it kind of shifts their focus. So they don't focus so much on volume of how many times they see a patient. They really focus on trying to be efficient with their care, but also very preventative because those patients are going to be with them for quite a few years. And so the better they do at providing that really kind of robust care and really focusing on preventative health, that means those patients won't need as much health care in the future. So it saves them money and it saves the province money. And it's, it's really one of those situations where, 
changing the way we measure something really changes the outcomes and changes how we do things. Well, really changes the conversation as well, right? Because now you're starting to focus in on the patient and the outcome versus the just the simple dollar spent. Because as far as I see it, you know, spending 15 minutes or trying to allot just 15 minutes per patient might not necessarily uh, be ROI positive because you're going to have to see that patient probably more often, especially if they have more complex needs. No, exactly. And that's and that's what a lot of physicians are saying right now in terms of kind of some of the changes to the complex modifiers and things like that is that if you make it less, you know, not as easy to bill for a complex issue, doctors might respond by saying, you know what, we can only talk about one issue per visit or we'll have to split up those complex visits into into several, you know, we'll have to do three visits over a period of time rather than one comprehensive visit. But that really has really negative impacts on long-term health and prevent, uh, prevention because if, if a patient's only talking to a doctor about one thing at a time, you're not really providing that comprehensive care because a lot of times with health issues is that they're linked, right? You know, stress at work might be causing back pain issues, might be causing, you know, might be your diet too. So you have to talk about those things comprehensively. And this is where the doctors have a point. But I, I think also Minister Shandro has a point in that um, – we have to look at these things differently. We can't just address them through uh, pain more. We should really talk about um, expanding and looking at ways to expand what are called the alternative relationship plans. Where these are the things that uh, Tabor and Crowfoot uh, were implementing. Um, I, I think they're they're called blended capitation systems. I think they they do work better for primary healthcare, but they have to be very carefully considered. You can't just you know, run them in, in two months and say, hey, everyone's doing capitation. And they don't work for everybody either, right? It doesn't work for surgeons, right? Surgeons mm-hmm. are going to have to do do surgeries and they don't really control whether you're going to have uh, a surgery in the future or not. So Another major topic of conversation, especially mm-hmm. with the rallies over the weekend, centering around education. And I know that yeah. there's been some rumblings again about returning to grade three uh, year-end tests to gauge where the kids are at and that kind of thing. How important is it for us to have as much of a holistic conversation around education as we just had with healthcare? It, we need to have a really comprehensive uh, conversation about education. One of the, um, I think, pitfalls of this move towards uh, standardized testing is that standardized testing is actually a, a really poor indicator of a student's, uh, their ability to learn and their knowledge. Um, and it actually is a really bad predictor of their success in college and in the workforce. They're, they're actually just, they're terrible tools. And the reason is, is because most tests have to be standardized. So they end up being multiple choice and you take really complex phenomenon and you reduce it down to like whether or not a student memorized something, and it's it's just not, it's just a poor tool, and you end up with schools that react very poorly to them, and they end up becoming basically test factories where students are learn are taught how to take a test, but not really how to think, and that's and that's problematic. Now, from a parent's perspective, I know I'm going to get these kinds of messages is, hey, boy, I deserve to know where my kid is at. Is there mm-hmm. better ways of gauging that? And I'll use an example of I know some schools have already uh, utilized real-time uh, report cards, essentially. And so with every week, it's kind of updated online. Yeah, so there's other ways of doing this. Um, I think, you know, tests do have a place for sure, but sometimes things like, uh, school projects, just the grades that they get, you know, uh, throughout the school year are a good indication of how this, the, the students are pro- progressing. And this is one of those things that we have to, you know, trust teachers, that teachers are going to understand 
what students are struggling with, what they're doing good at. And a test is not going to be able to tell you that better than a teacher because, again, the, the test really can capture a lot of those other things that uh, you can through project work, through observation in the classroom and things like that. I suppose another aspect of this is the contextual piece. And you mentioned complex factors when it comes to healthcare. Well, in education, you don't necessarily know what might be going on behind the scenes, not just with, you know, a kid having a bad day for the test day, but even beyond that is their ability to learn might have been hindered by the classroom setting that they might be involved in. Yeah. And then that's something too. So, you know, that's another measurement that's uh, other, you know, um, educational systems look at. They look at class size. They look at, you know, what type of instruction is happening, you know, whether there's a blend of different types of learning. Those, are, those things are important too, right? So the issue with any of these metrics is that they can become the sole focus of an organization. And that has happened before, especially in the United States, where there was a bunch of school systems that were so focused on standardized tests that they really eroded classroom learning, again, because they were, they were just teaching kids how to write tests or in really... In some situations, the, the teachers were cheating. They were going back and changing students' marks because if they didn't, their school would close or they'd get fired or, or you know, really harsh penalties for these things. So there has to be a balance about uh, what we look, look for in education. All right, now we continue on our conversation with Peter Shrivers, who we've had on the show before, author of Bad Data, Why We Measure the Wrong Things and Often Miss the Metrics that Matter. When we, come, when we talk about provincial budgets here, Peter, one of the, the questions we keep coming back to is, this has to be more about money, or can it? Yeah, and, and that's the, the point I was making in my, in my article, is that you, you can't just look at the costs of things. You have to look at what those costs achieve and what the whole system, how the whole system operates. If you just take one little part of a system, for instance, when, with healthcare, and just measure the cost of you know, physician compensation in primary healthcare, that doesn't tell you about the whole system. Are people healthier? Are we working on preventative health? You know, are we having impacts on worker productivity because of healthcare costs? Those things have to be considered, and focusing just on one little thing is always going to lead to, to errors. And can that also have a ramification down the line where all of a sudden you're having to make up for lost time because you were focused on just one aspect of all of the data that's out there? No, exactly. And that's a good example, again, is education, right? If um, the UCP is proposing to use uh, labor market outcomes, which is basically employment of graduates uh, after school as, as a metric for evaluation. But in, in a sense, what that does is, is it causes schools to focus only on areas where there is kind of predictable and reliable employment. But that doesn't get them to focus on things like entrepreneurship, and creating new industries and and teaching new skills that there might be higher risk to those. But those are what you need for an economy to grow and change. And I think that's what we need in Alberta right now. So focusing just on employment two years after school is very short-sighted and it's probably going to get us to focus on the wrong things. And I know that some people are going to listen to this conversation and say, oh, you're just trying to push back on change. That's not necessarily the case. The the case being is, what are we trying to achieve? We need to have a goal. We need to have a vision so that we can achieve that vision versus just trying to, I'll, I'll call it, chase the money. Yeah, and and I think there is a, a, a need for change uh, in, in, a lot, in a lot of things. Um, but we have to be very careful about how we measure that change and how we how we really assess the impacts and the outcomes of that. And we had to be considerate about that. 
As I've said before, uh, Peter Shriver is the author of Bad Data, Why We Measure the Wrong Things and Often Miss the Metrics that Matter. I'll post a link to his piece from the Globe and Mail on my Twitter, at Calgary Today. Peter, thanks so much for the time, as always, this afternoon. It was great being here, Joe. And once again, it's a great debate to have as we try to figure out what exactly is most important right now. So we'll continue to have this discussion in the days and weeks ahead. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR.